a special message from this month's presenting sponsor. Learn about Baltimore's rich industrial legacy through working galleries that explore the history of the Bethlehem steel mill, an antique print shop, a garment loft, and more at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. The BMI, hours and information at thebmi.org. Also, use the code TRUTH50, that is TRUTH50, it's my special code, and get 50% off of admission at the front desk or use it when purchasing the tickets online. So please visit thebmi.org and make that trip today. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am speaking, I'm actually not even speaking, I have the privilege of speaking with an Iranian-born interdisciplinary artist whose work is primarily in mixed media, installation, and film. Her recent uh, research and creative projects are excavations of maternal memory at the intersection of her own story and a collection, a collective dysphoric uh, story. Please welcome Mojde Raziipour. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So I, I want to start off with the kind of the, that introductory piece, like I gave the really copy and paste. I did a great job at it, too. Gave the copy and paste <laughs> introduction. Uh, but could you please introduce yourself and, and tell us how you got started in the arts and maybe your first art making experience? Yeah, so uh, uh, I started out. Uh, I went to architecture school, so that's my formal training is in architecture, and uh, I I liked architecture, but it it wasn't cutting it for me after some time. So I kind of took a bold turn and kind of left that behind after just a couple of years of working for different firms, different places. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'm a writer. And I started telling stories on the moth stage and got into story coaching with them, story producing with them. And then um, my dad and I started an art space um, restaurant and music venue in Fairfax, Virginia. And that's where I kind of found myself in this role of tending to a lot of creative people. So like in this gardener role when it comes to creativity and, um, you know, being around so many artists and musicians and writers and poets. And um, it was just, I guess I just kind of saw myself reflected in that and decided to give myself permission to start uh, calling all the random things that I do art. Because <laughs> it's like, what is art, you know? And you ask about the first art making experience. And if we're talking like first, first, then maybe, you know, I've, my, my mom was always doing something creative. And so she would um, make this, these wedding altars for people, like family and friends. And sure. I just always be in the corner kind of playing with the leftover materials, like gluing them together and making my own 
little inventions. And so I think that's maybe it, but there's, <laughs> there's like a million answers to that, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, I, I think having your parents around and kind of just either there's something where you can kind of just experiment and have that, uh, that curiosity that I, I think uh, that, that children have and young folks have and just be able to just kind of figure it out. And it's like, yeah, I stumbled into playing with this and that and now that's my practice 20 years later and it's always interesting to see or, or hear about something starting off in very nascent early early stage yeah and it's funny like all the different things that I've spent my life doing in the past like 15 years seem so different from each other but somehow my practice now is like bridging all of those things and so um yeah so so with that and bridging like multiple things, and I think I like that I like that question you, you posed earlier, because I used to ask a similar question of what is art, you know, and I realized I was kind of like looking looking down my nose at people when I was saying that and I wasn't trying to be smug, but it's just like we have this odd definition of what it is and what it isn't and at times and historically speaking, it's that's rooted in things that aren't in, that aren't including people like you and I. Mm -hmm. And um, so that that's that's one one observation. Um, so how for, for someone who doesn't get it, who doesn't understand anything about art in simple in the simplest terms, could you just like just tell people what do you do ultimately um, for, for people that don't get it? Like if I were to t describe what I do to someone in layman's terms, I record the conversations with people. I do much more than that, but that's what I would call it for someone who's just like, I have no idea what podcasting is. So how would you describe your, your work creatively for someone who has no idea what, what art is? And I've run into a lot of people like that, like recently. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, my work and art in general can mm -hmm. be defined as just playing, you know, um, for me, the work is just as much about what you see, which which is very different, you know, mm -hmm. from moment to moment as what you don't see. So it's it's very process led. I kind of just start with however little I know and just like clue by clue, something unravels. And I am kind of a student of this process. And <laughs> and so I just kind of uh, pay attention mm -hmm. to what's coming up. And yeah, I don't. And, and what that looks like out in the world is many different things. It looks like, you know, 2D mixed media works. It looks like sculpture. It looks like installations. It looks like films. It looks like performances. But it's not really about the thing. Mm -hmm. And um, also, it's about many different themes, depending on what it is that I'm processing at the time. And, you know, it can be very collaborative or it can be very personal. But um it's just about kind of that devotion to process for me mm. more than anything. <laughs> no, I, I dig it. I dig it. And um, yeah, it, when describing what I do in a space that, that I'm in, I can go into that long, you know, explanation of, you know, it's more, it's more new media, it's storytelling, man, and, and, and really get into the weeds of it or go lame. And so, so thank you for, for being able to share that. And I, I, so it brings me to this question. 
and don't get stuck on the word uh because this could happen because the word c is in it but don't get stuck on the word c here uh can you like see or have an understanding of that finished project or product rather uh before you start working on a um on some new work or is there something special and is there something special that you need to have to get into that creative mind state like what is that kind of inspiration look like and so you know, can you see that, that finished product first? And um, do you need anything to kind of get into a creative mindset to get those juices flowing? Yeah. So sometimes there's this like loose vision or like maybe it's a longing. And um, I kind of use that as a, uh, a North Star. Um, sure. And I'm like blindly kind of moving toward it. But really, like I said, I, I my work is very process-led and adaptive. And in that, I don't often know what it is that I'm doing, but I just kind of trust the step-by-step -step of it mm -hmm. and let myself go the direction that seems right, <laughs> you know? like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I both have a feeling for what it is that I want to do, but it's it's more so about just trusting the the path there to just go wherever it wants to and sometimes it turns out to be what i said i wanted to do i do and sometimes it turns out to be like i couldn't have like i don't get to do what i was imagining i could do <laughs> but i end up doing something that's like even more interesting to me and so um and then in that case like i'll save that first one for another <laughs> for another project or like i don't know um yeah just been and in terms of like how to get into the flow just yeah. um so i have i have certain certain things that i do every day as kind of uh, this mechanism for like staying sane <laughs> <laughs> one of them is going for a walk. I go for a walk every day around my neighborhood, um, about like two miles just to kind of move my body. And, um, and also I do, uh, I'm sure many people have mentioned this to you, but I, ever since I did artist way, like six, seven years ago, I've been doing the three morning pages. Um, I don't always do them in the morning, but I do them. I, I do write three pages every day and it just helps me get out the gunk yeah um and make space for yeah so if i'm not doing those things i find myself being stuck you know otherwise mm. i yeah just kind of do that i'm, all, I'm also always lighting a candle wherever i am <laughs> okay. Any any particular type of candle? Because uh, I'm a candle I'm a candle person, so yeah, you know I got to have the studio right. So any particular yeah. candle? No, 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 no particular candle. Whatever is around. Um, sometimes I have like twelve like taper candles going next to each other and kind of like melting each other. Sometimes I have just <laughs> the one um, kind of pillar candle, and even if there's a tea candle around, I just need to have like fire. You know it. Sometimes like things don't feel okay and all I have to do <laughs> is light one and yeah, it's just the element and yeah, I think um, it's a, it's a big, it's a big thing for me, which actually has been frustrating because where I have my studio now, I'm not allowed to have candle. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, um, I yeah. can almost 
I can almost see that you're running late and you're like, I got to light a candle outside before I go into the studio <laughs> just so it feels right. Yeah, sometimes I go into the courtyard outside my studio and just like sit with a candle for like a minute. Um, but yeah. So, uh, someone uh, thinks something is going on. It's like, is everything all right? <laughs> yeah, just just getting ready also, to, to, to work. Also, my studio is in a seminary. So <laughs> I think people, oh, wow. people, people really understand um that some you know everyone has their process when it comes to spiritual <laughs> um yeah practices and art is spiritual practice you know yeah um if i i think <clears throat> and this this is actually you're answering that that next that one of these later questions i have um about rituals and all that we engage in and it's always interesting to hear about the 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 creative habits like people how people set out their days how they like plan out their days and i like the the habitual thing and i like when people just say look i just go with the flow i i, I go whatever the wind takes me um and in regards to the 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 studio now granted you know i i really want to have podcasting and this medium viewed as an art and i don't think we're there yet but i think we're moving in that direction and for for what i do I, I, if I have a show or if I have like some energy that's just not right, I smudge the studio. I just, you know, where yeah. <laughs> are the herbs? We need to get this right. <clears throat> or um, I have like a nice smelling candle like in there. I have like some like Japanese citrus candle that I'll just like just light. And it's just like, okay. And if it's like one of those, I really need to get something going. It's like bergamot. It's like man smells. We got to get this thing right. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and um, also, if if it's like one of those instances where I'm like prepping questions or doing research for the course of the week, I have classical music going. It's just I can't listen to lyrics because then it's just like, yeah, so humana humana. It's like this is I'm writing the lyrics like what is, this is not a question for the guest. This is these are lyrics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Music is a big, big thing, too, I guess. Um... I, I usually have some Persian classical music playing in the background and there are words to it, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, the words kind of feel like home and aren't distracting. I dig it. So now I, I, I understand the piece about uh, that you were describing earlier about being very process driven in your work. Um, so what do you find yourself exploring regularly like you're you you finished a, you finished some work or you finished a, a series of work and if you were to interconnect it like is there a theme that's going with it or are there themes that you return to regularly through your body of work tell me about that yeah i mean i think first of all like nothing's ever finished you know everything yeah. is kind of a thread that gets started and then kind of loops around loops around and you'll probably come back to it um in some new version of yourself and understand it in a new way um but yeah i guess i i my work started out being very personal um so it was very much like an exploration of my own identity um my own story of you know, I was born and raised in Iran. I immigrated to the U.S. when I was 12. And um, a lot of that earlier body of work was about or was working um, and kind of deconstructing and reconstructing images taken of me on the very first days of elementary school uh, in Iran and kind of piecing piecing myself back together in those ways, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah, and that work and, and a lot of it also was kind of about this like halfwayness, this like hyphenated identity, like being like mm. Iranian American um, here. And then, you know, I, I found that that work um, was very connective. Like it, it, it was very personal, but uh, a lot of people were able to relate to it. But in the context of the art world, which can be a very white space, yes, um, <laughs> I also felt like the like the trauma aspects of that work was where like people almost like liked it too much, <laughs> or like it was it was like I, I I was like oh this is very uncomfortable because I'm exploring something um, that's very much my own and. Uh, yeah, it just, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like a safe space to like keep doing that in. Mm. And so I almost rebelled against it. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> I'm going to take myself like a hundred percent out of my work for a couple of years. Um, and yeah. And then, so then I started working more project-based, you know, I'd, I'd be at a residency and I um, would just actually make it kind of a, uh, challenge for myself to like not bring any of myself in at all and just kind of respond to the space respond to the environment um get to know who's around me respond to that um let the relationships define the work um and slowly it's kind of coming back around to exploring um sort of the intersection of my own story and this collective diasporic story. So yeah. uh, I've been working more collaboratively with other um, Iranian folks, with other folks from throughout the Middle East or um, uh, Southwest Asia, as, as we are now calling it. Um, it's like, no, okay. <laughs> let's, not, um, let's not call the the place we know as home by the language of the colonizer. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm picking up on. Um, that's new, that that's a new terminology, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question, but that's a little bit of what has been moving through my work, but I, I would say time and memory and storytelling mm -hmm. are probably three things that are always present. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I, we're, we're on the same page. I, I, I appreciate that. Cause, uh, you know, as we're recording this one, we're, we're coming up on June and we have that great now, I guess, holiday of like Juneteenth oh here. And uh, I've seen Juneteenth ice cream from Walmart. I'm like, look, man, this is not what this was supposed to be. This is not what this is. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I kind of get what you're, you're describing there with this kind of like rebrand of a thing. It's like, this is ours. You guys can't come in and say, oh, well, this is what we're calling it now. Nah, this is ours. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, tell me about, um, tell me about a piece of your work. Um, you know what, strike that. Uh, tell me about an experience um, and maybe in, in your art making process or that has um, informed your art making that holds a particularly um, fond memory for you and maybe why. Hmm. Uh, so let's see. 
last year i (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah so uh so rewind in 2020 i um was approached by the director of this institution with this collection of ancient pottery fragments that come from like 30 different sites um, spanning like present-day Iraq, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, um, occupied Palestine, um, Jordan, like all all different places that all these like fractured places that a lot of us fractured people <laughs> come from and are are um, kind of spread all over the world now. Mm-hmm. And so I. <sighs> I was like, wow, what do I do with this? You know, because I think the person who gave it to me at first was like, I think these are from Iran. And when I when I looked at them, I was like, oh, no, they're not. They're not. And kind of let them sit at the corner of my studio and tell me what they wanted me to do. And the question that they kind of spoke the loudest to me was, who do we have the potential of bringing together? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so I started connecting with artists with lineages across all these different sites. And um, now this is like a, a research project that has grown several different branches and is like probably take another 10 years. I don't know. But long story short, that led me to think a lot about 4000 years ago and um, which is where a lot of the fragments are from. <laughs> and. I was like, what were my ancestors up to 4,000 years ago? And returning back to the element of the fire, you know, um, 4,000 years ago, a lot of folks in Iran were Zoroastrians. Mm-hmm. And um, the sort of sacred space uh, for Zoroastrians are these temples where these fires are kept burning for thousands and thousands of years. Um, tended to and burning and so i was like oh i really want to go be with this fire that's been burning um in in a temple for 1500 years that's still burning and um i was talking to my friend mastrine who's in her 60s and who recently was in iran and she was like oh i've been there and i've seen that fire it's behind a piece of glass and people take pictures of it with their cell phones and I was like oh that's actually not even the kind of communion I was hoping for (laughs) with this fire (laughs) and so I was like okay what can I do to make a world where that communion is possible and then I started to um, research a lot of the temples and I would burn the outlines of the architecture onto wood mm-hmm. and then I did this thing that that's been a process I've been uh using for some years to do collage work but yeah. so I took videos of my body and movement um and I then I took stills of the videos and I printed the stills and I cut them out and I cut my head out and I put myself in the in the different environments and uh so through stop motion i was like entering the environments and somebody saw one of these and was like why why don't you have a head <laughs> and <laughs> i was like that's a good question like why don't i have a head and i was like thought about it honestly i was like oh 
I think it's because I'm not just representing myself. I'm representing this collective diasporic body. And then that led me to ask myself a second question mm -hmm. of like, well, then why should that be just me representing it if, it, if mm. I'm not just representing myself? So then that led me to invite six other Iranian friends to join me on this journey, um, this pilgrimage. Um, and so I, I, and I, and I you know, I, I kind of thought, okay, who do I, who do I ask? And I, I wasn't thinking, okay, my favorite artists in the world, like I'm going to reach out see if they can do this. I was just like, who's in my life who I want to do this with. Yeah. And so I just reached out to six different people from different pockets of community in my life. And some of them are understand themselves as artists. Like there's a musician, um, they're healers, you know, um, and so we, and then I asked them to send my, send me videos of themselves. And, and then I did the same thing with, with their videos. I, and I, um, anyway, so this, this started out just as this like idea, um, or like trying to get to where I was wanting to go. And, um, I had, <laughs> so, I, and then I had a show coming up. So uh, right off the bat, I kind of, like I, even in the statement for the show, I kind of wrote that this was going to be a playground and a laboratory and nothing was ever going to be finished. And there's like nine screens that were constantly <laughs> evolving, like having different videos going through them. Uh, but the point being that I had, you know, going back to kind of like an earlier thread too, um, I had this idea of all of these different things I wanted to do, right? And one day, um, the seven of us were on a Zoom call. It was actually the first time all of us were meeting um, in one place. And that morning, I was like, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to talk to them about this. I'm going to talk to them about this. And then we just start talking. And, you know, it's not like a recorded conversation. It's not... Mm -hmm. uh, anything planned it's not uh yeah and and we were like laughing we were crying it was and it was the most beautiful thing and by by the middle of that conversation I realized that actually the work is done like the that like that is the work actually yeah. the work is the relationships and I cannot tell you like throughout the course of the probably like three months I was working on this project with these wonderful people. Mm -hmm. I came to life in a way that I probably never have before. Um, definitely could, could feel my Iranianness being <laughs> the most alive that it has probably since I was 12 years old. Um, yeah. And, and so it was really meaningful to me and probably one of the most meaningful moments um, in my practice. So I know it's a long answer, but <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you um, walking us through that and, you know, just describing it, because I think like, you know, doing this podcast, there's and, and kind of echoing what you were touching on earlier of having maybe, you know, a lot of yourself in your work and how that didn't feel the, to be the most comfortable thing at a point. 
I, I think that's one of the things that I've had to realize in having people on this podcast and and pretty much having it really open. It's just like, look, this is a this is a conversation. I'm I'm just helping facilitate telling the story and recognizing that folks will say something that has a lot of meaning to them and a lot of uh, um, maybe some emotional things that are attached to it and it, good or bad or. Uh, great or in ideal or what have you. So being aware of that and really just being open to allowing folks to to share their story and have that documented, that's what's important to me. And that's, you know, kind of what you were touching on a moment ago. That's actually the work. That's actually the thing that that I'm that I'm looking for for here. It's not, oh, I'm talking to the best and brightest. It's like, yeah, it's going to be some people who have some name worthiness and notoriety, but it's going to be people who whose work is as valid and as important and so on. And everybody matters, you know? Absolutely. And conversation as a medium is so wonderful. And um I really, yeah, I appreciate you doing this work. It, it is absolutely art. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I got two more uh, real questions, and then I'm going to give you those rapid fire questions. N no one gets away from the rapid fire questions. No one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even you, Mo, today. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, let's see. I once I once had an idea of pursuing a, a Guinness World Record in podcasting. I thought I would do a 24-hour straight cycle of podcasting. And soon I realized I was taking on way too much and, and, and really thinking about it and dissecting it. I thought it would take away from me enjoying and actually liking podcasting because it felt like work. It felt like an obligation that really wasn't mine. I was trying to stretch a little too far. Um, and, and I often revisit that on occasion just to kind of see like, is that something I really want to do? What was driving it? And I think creators, artistic types can be grandiose and have at times a very expansive vision. Do you run into having really expansive like visions of what you can do with your art because it has this kind of free form and kind of going into various different types of media? Do you, and if so, how do you rein that in if you feel like you're becoming too grand? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, like, I'm sure that you would win some sort of record. Um, <laughs> your your podcast has like a thousand episodes. Um, <laughs> what, like three years? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that actually like close to close to correct? Uh, no, it's just three, it's about 300 at this point. <laughs> okay, it, feel, it feels yeah, it just it just feels like you're all you're always putting one out. So that's cool. Um, in terms of like, a vision being too grand, I don't think that there is such a thing as a mm -hmm. vision that is too grand. Um, but I have found myself being really impatient <laughs> for a vision to be met. And so I think that what I do is just try to remind myself that um, it can go as you can go as slow as you need to, mm -hmm. and you can do as many other sort of viable things in the meantime, <laughs> but just kind of like having an, having the vision itself will bring you to it you know it might be yeah. in 10 years it might be in 20 years um, and it might completely shift by the time that you get there but yeah I don't I don't like to 
let it go. I think I'm too stubborn, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like I've all that being said, I think uh, a piece of what you're talking about is also burnout Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we're just human. There's only so much that we can fit in a 24 hour period. Um, or like, or what is that quote? People say like you, you overestimate what you can get done in a year, but you underestimate what you can get done in a decade. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the thing. Um, but I've also just needed to kind of listen to my body more, you know, um, I'm in my thirties now and it's not the same as like, I can just go for like, I don't know, like 24 hours straight, maybe like 40. I remember in architecture school, I wouldn't sleep for like three entire days and just like sleep a few extra hours and like be okay, you know, but I just have to, yeah, you just have to, you just have to be a little bit um, more gentle and like slow with yourself and just trust that in time you'll get to where you want to go, but um, doesn't have to be today, you know? Yeah. That in the same page, uh, you know, and I've had to come to that you know, recently where, you know, with this this pace that I've been keeping up with having these conversations, part of it comes out of spite and wanting to be right. And I think one of the through lines and I haven't heard a lot of people really be able to correct me on this, but there's always something with with folks that they want to be right. Whatever the thing, it, whatever the thing is, they want to be right in that area. <laughs> it may not be everything, but, you know, when it comes to this media, I want to be right. And it comes to this idea that they are interesting people who have not had the opportunity to share their story, I want to be right that I'm going to find them and I'm going to have a great conversation with them. And it, it comes out of a, I guess, a passive challenge. Um, this podcast starting in Baltimore and um, and being really being focused in Baltimore and having a, a friend of mine uh, say that I, they'd be surprised if I could find 20 people. So at a point I was going very hard, like doing having a day job and doing 10 to 12 interviews in a week and doing the research and all for them. And, you know, people don't really care how the sausage is made. But if I'm doing an hour, two hours of research, per person, that's like a whole or per per episode, that's another 12 to 24 hours. Uh, and then doing the actual podcast, that's like a whole nother job. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and now I remember I had this period where I was like, yeah, I just need to sleep. I need to sleep before this next one. I need to take a nap. And it's like, yo, you're old now. You got to figure it out, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sleep is good. Um, <laughs> heart, hearts, full stop. Sleep is good. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I got, I got one last, uh, question here. Um, and, and, and this is more of a, I guess, a, a summary sort of thing. Um, what, in, in, in your opinion, what do people need to know about you or about how you think and maybe why you create to appreciate your work? I don't think that they need to know anything. <laughs> I think that um, someone's experience of my work is just that it's theirs, you know? Um, but I guess uh, just to repeat an earlier thing that I said, like the work is just as much about what is there as what is not there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really appreciate anytime someone wants to have a conversation about the work like this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because it's, it's helpful to just kind of talk about, or not necessarily even helpful. It, it feels good to connect with folks about 
the story of how the work is born, which is always different. Well, thank you. Uh, so that's it when it comes to the real questions. So now it's uh, it's time to hit you with some rapid fire questions. And with these rapid fire questions, you want to answer these as quickly as possible. Okay. And in, in addition to that, um, I'm not I don't stalk people, but I have done research in various places. So hopefully everything is still properly <laughs> correct, I guess. So here's okay. the first question. Uh, okay. <laughs> what are you usually thinking when you're wrapping up for the day at, at the studio? Like you're 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 putting everything away or not putting everything away. You're like, I need to go home, whatever the thing is. What's usually going through your mind like when you're you're leaving, when you're locking the door and you're headed home after, after a day at the studio? It's either like, damn, that was a good day or like I'm a failure. <laughs> different into the spectrum <laughs> that's great yeah. uh favorite patty smith song um horses okay okay yeah i uh, like that whole record actually i i think that my my partner is a huge patty smith fan and uh i i did the thing a couple years ago this was this was beginning of covid this is how covid started for me uh the, the shutdowns and everything. Uh, Patty was playing at the Kennedy Center. It was my it was my girlfriend's birthday that was coming oh, up, wow. and I was able to get tickets. She didn't know about the tickets at all, and then they called me and said they had to cancel it because of COVID. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh my god, I'll never forget. I I went and saw Patty speak um, at. I don't remember exactly where, but it was in DC, and I just remember like going there, lining up. Um, like an hour in advance and I was like you know one of the first few people in line and she shows up in her little car and they're trying to they're trying to get her and like take her inside before the fans come and she just like stops and she's like and she's like hi everyone it's like so and I was like oh my god you're really cool yeah um yeah that's great uh two more questions um salty or sweet salty okay Lastly, uh, organized to the smallest detail or, in quotes, uh, controlled chaos. Uh, chaos. I don't even need the controlled part. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Always. It's like, look, I got a process and it is very much my process. So yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I go into the studio and I'm setting up, it's like, my mic is there. It's already queued up. I just need to move it into place. You may find deodorant there. You may have a, a half smoked joint somewhere. There's a beer can on the floor. It's like, look, yep. I'm not an animal. It, it's fine. This it works for me. me. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't move that can. That's 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 my motivation can right there. Uh, <laughs> um, so so that's it. Uh, thank you for, for being on this podcast. And um, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, your work, social media, website, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be in conversation with you. My website is www.mojde.art. That's M-O-J-E-D-E-H dot art. And I am it's a gamble when I am and when I am not on Instagram, but uh, when I am, my Instagram handle is at Mojdeh R. So M-O-J-D-E-H-R. 
So thank you. So there you have it, folks. Um, you're welcome. Uh, so there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Mojde Rezipor. Close. Yeah. I'm close. Okay. Uh, for coming on to the podcast and um, saying that there is art in and around your city. You just got to look for it.